Welcome to Femboldened, a podcast where inspiration meets aligned action, where science meets spirit, and where you've landed to enliven the bold within you. I'm your host, Angelica Pascone, women's empowerment coach, specializing in helping heart-centered, high achievers like you shatter their personal and professional self-built glass ceilings. Get ready to awaken to your truest potential as we dive deep into the emboldened stories, wisdom, and medicine of our fellow sisters to energize you into living your bold. The question is, are you ready? Let's get started. Emboldened. Welcome, Femboldeners. I am so excited to be sitting down with a very dear soul sister of mine, Diana Davis. She is amazing. We met about, I'm getting chills again. Every time I start an episode, I get chills, so I know it's the right thing. Um, She is amazing. And we were talking not too long ago about how even though we've really only had, what, like 30 minutes of one-on-one time together, there's just this profound resonance that we both feel for each other. And maybe we'll explore what that's about today. But anywho, without further ado, welcome, Diana. Thank you for being here. Mm. How are you today? Who are you today? And what's alive for you today? Mm. Hi, it's so good to be here. (laughs) My heart is just so full and I can't, you know, I just, it doesn't even compare. I'm just really stoked to be in your energy today. Um, Who am I today? I love that question. Who am I today? Because that wasn't the same as yesterday. Today, I am stepping fully into leadership and being the business coach that I am for creative entrepreneurs. I was saying a second ago, I took a really amazing off the grid weekend and I during that time I was a daughter (laughs) and that felt really good and almost brings tears to my eyes because I feel like I haven't been that intentional in a long time. And it feels good to be really intentional and come back and have my energy here. And I'm a business coach today. So that's what I am today. What's alive for me is just that so much. I just think there's so much magic in the air with collaboration with people and leading people and seeing where, like how you can leave a legacy in my legacy, but also the people I'm coaching. And it just feels really potent right now. So that's where I'm at. I love that. And I think it's so important to get more of that. So let's dive into that all the legacy magic mojo you've got going on because there's so much I find you're speaking and I'm like damn I want some of that you know right now I'm in the throes of I'm planning a vaccine live and I'm like man you know that sort of polarity that's existing and now I feel I don't know about you but for me I have like currently such a feeling of responsibility of handling it all. And I'm like, well, I need to really be aware of what's happening in Afghanistan. So to hear there's magic still in this world, I'm like, oh yes, let's have some more of that, please. Let's be intentional and have that. And I love, I love how you spoke to, and, and I don't think you intended to do this speaking of intentionality, but I love how you spoke 
to having a whole bunch of hats in your wardrobe and by hats, I mean archetypes and being able to take one off and put another on and that being okay to do and actually being very healthy and normal to do rather than trying to wear, I just got like a vision of Dr. Seuss, the cat in the hat wearing all these different like hats at the same time. And you can't fully see that hat and you can't fully feel all those hats at once. So mm. I don't know where I'm going with that, but I just wanted to put a magnifying glass of to what you just shared because I found it extremely important, that message. Yeah. And I think a big thing for me is I pivoted from being a photographer and graphic designer mm. to a coach. So that was a big hat to kind of like hang up, mm. <laughs> not even like, put back on. What does that look like to hang up a hat? You know? So I think that's a really potent conversation for sure. Well, let's have it. Let's have it. What does that yeah. look like? Yeah, exactly. Photography for me, I think a lot of people that I coach that I hear that are going through a pivot, we always hear about the pivot, right? And mm-hmm. I actually ran across a gal the other day that's literally a pivot coach. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) like that's needed, right? Because pivoting is scary and it's an ego death, right? Mm -hmm. I was known to be a photographer since I was 16, literally. And then in New York City, that was my jam. Like I was the photographer for the wellness community, you know, one of them. And to put a halt to my bookings last August when we weren't sure where we were going to move you know, I was moving from New York city to somewhere. And it's like, I can't just keep this hamster wheel going. Like I need space and time to figure this stuff out and realizing that taking a step back, I didn't want to come back. Mm. So I think a lot of people go through that. Yeah. Yeah. Pivot coach. Interesting. It's funny because I keep hearing I'm, I've been multi-passionate guilty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been called to explore calling myself like a transformational doula. So very similar, very, I guess, similar thought process, but how cool a pivot coach. Yeah. And I think I can resonate with this too, as far as being a physician assistant and I hung up that hat and I put it back on and then I hung it up again and I've been tempted to put it back on. Do you ever feel tempted to just I don't want to say to just that, that sort of dismisses it to go back to photography hat. Yeah, I don't. Um, mm-hmm. which is weird to me because it's almost like there can be shame and guilt and emotion around a hat <laughs> to continue this analogy <laughs> where I speak in metaphors. Yeah. Oh yeah. Analogies is best. I mean, even if you go back, which this is all going to be new to everyone who's listening, but I am a rancher's daughter Mm -hmm. and I actually married a cowboy. If you're listening, this is the first time I've ever said that in public that I'm divorced. And for a long time, that was my hat, this like cowgirl cowboy's wife situation that wasn't me. And even the photographers had, it's like, there's stuff attached to that. You know, even my dad kind of saying like, did you bring your big camera this weekend? And I was like, no, 
<laughs> my phone can honestly take better landscape photos sometimes, you know, it's like, I don't want to carry that around and feel the like burden of having to capture this moment. And so it's really interesting to dismiss that guilt and shame and just go, nope, it's okay. Like that was a stepping stone for me. And there's no way that I would have gotten to this point of business coaching other creative entrepreneurs without going through that. And that's okay. You know, it can be over. It can also come back when it feels good. There is a lot of wisdom in everything you just shared. So first off, I want to thank you and also share that I'm completely honored that that's the first time you shared that part of your story with the world. Mm-hmm. What, what a tremendous honor. Thank you. All those versions of yourself. Can you take us through when you knew that version of you was ready to pass on? what that looked like? Were there even, were there um, a series of instances that led you to realize that this is no longer me or perhaps never was me? Can you just take us through that, those journeys and and what that looked like and what that, I always, always like to say, what, what did it look like? And also what did it feel like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And are we talking about divorce here or photography or both? Let's do both. Okay. Um, I think what I'm learning is first of all, I'm 31 and I fully believe the hype of the thirties. Like everyone was like, your thirties are amazing. (laughs) Just wait. Why they are amazing in my opinion is because can I cuss on here? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Because you don't give a fuck what anyone thinks anymore. Mm. You're just like, I am me, me as I, I'm good. We're good here. We're complete. You know, we're still working on things. We're still like, doesn't mean when you're 30, you should have your shit figured out. Doesn't mean you can't still play in the sandbox, but hopefully you feel a little more grounded in who you are. So for me, I got married when I was 20 years old, like pretty wild, not super wild where I'm from, but that was a thing. And so I didn't know who I was, you know, like, could I make a relationship work? Maybe, but that doesn't mean that I knew who I was at that time. And so I think as like, we were still in our shells, like being hatched. And it was like, you realize when your shell breaks away and starts to break away, like, whoa, I'm this like rainbow bird (laughs) and you're a canary. (laughs) Like this Mm -hmm. isn't gonna, this isn't gonna work. And you realize that you're not growing together Mm -hmm. and you're growing apart. And maybe also for me, there were a lot of red flags that I didn't realize were things because I didn't literally did not have enough life experience Mm. to realize those things. However, I would not change it. I learned so much. I feel like I've lived 10 different lives and I can apply that wisdom to my current relationship and other relationships and my boundaries and who I surround myself with. And even the fact of like, 
getting to the point of freedom, which I created this cage, right? It's not like someone locked me in it. Like I created it, Mm -hmm. but getting to the point of freedom, going to like TJ Maxx and being like, what shower curtain would I choose? (laughs) Like without anyone else's input, like, what do I even like? Mm -hmm. What kind of, you know, what do I need? Like, where do I want to live all of the things? And that's, when I decided to move to New York city without a job or a plan and knowing no one. And I made that work for myself and it was so freeing, (sighs) freeing, but also like really hard to be alone with me and to get to know me and to realize like, truly I'm my own best friend. I'm my favorite person to hang out with and everyone else is a value add. Mm. And no one else needs to complete me. And that's, I think a really healthy relationship is that you come together whole and be together. So that was the marriage thing. Mm. The photography thing. I think honestly, COVID made it easy. COVID made it easy for a lot of people to pivot, Mm -hmm. to move home. Like no one's going like, really, you live with your parents. It's like, oh yeah, it's COVID. Everyone's with their parents. It's your fast you, pass to freedom. Yeah. Or you quit your job. What are you doing? Or you're trying to work for yourself or like, oh, you actually don't want to work for a financial institution. Like good for you. It's COVID life is short, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that's given us a lot of permission. There's a lot of silver linings in this pandemic, but I wasn't able to photograph anyway. So I kind of, the only reason I started coaching was because I had the space for it. Finally, I had the space to finally have a morning routine to finally like put my boundaries in place to realize that trekking across New York city for a $200 shoot was not worth my time (laughs) and raising my prices and all of the things. Um, and so I think the big thing for me was making a deadline and a decision to stop doing shoots. When do you drop the ball, Diana? When do you let it drop instead of trying to hand it to someone else and like still utilizing it in some way? Cause you've had it for so long, like just letting it drop. One of my mentors talks about the suitcases. Like you're holding two suitcases. They're freaking heavy. They're like the kind without wheels, like old school. And someone reaches out and gives you your dream, like whatever that looks like, but you have to put down the suitcases to take it. So I think that's what that felt like. The big thing of putting that thing down to pick something else up. Beautiful analogy. I love, I love all of this. Yeah. I mean, going back to your story of, of divorce and, and getting married while also just a shell. I love the analogy of catching and realizing you were the rainbow bird and he was the canary. And I think back to when I was 20 and wow, what a vastly different person. I mean, I wake up a different person every day, but that person was vastly different, you know, walking around as a shadow really, right? Instructions of how to live, not realizing that I could write my own instructions, Mm. operating out of programming that wasn't me. Uh, I don't know. There was glimpses of me in there, but I, I, I couldn't imagine at that point too, attracting people who were 
attracted to the false version of me. Right. Totally. And, oh my God. And, and at least for me, I was in, in a, definitely I was codependent and people pleasing. And, um, I remember the first time, gosh, the first time I think I stood up for myself mm. was at 21 where my boyfriend who had just sexually assaulted me mm. had said, you're not girlfriend material. Mm. And I walked out in the middle of the night and I left. So yeah, 20 years old. That's just amazing. And and I love how you share that story with such tremendous grace and self-love too. Mm, thank yeah. you. I, I would say, I think that's really interesting. Like when was the first time you stood up for yourself? Yes. And I commend the people who are just like bold from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we usually judge those people. Yeah. Who does she think she is? Mm-hmm. Because we're insecure about confrontation. And I always like, I, I got myself into so many situations and the same person thing, boss, roommate, partner came into my life over and over again. You know how that is when the mm-hmm. universe is like, Oh, you didn't pass <laughs> one more time. And it was that whole thing of like, confrontation and avoiding it at all cost. And I would say my first time standing up for myself, I mean, maybe getting divorced, of course, but like, Mm -hmm. I still was, I still would just fall back into those patterns of letting people walk all over me because I was so uncomfortable with confrontation. Mm -hmm. And I would say like the first time I really started to stand up for myself consistently was when I was like 25. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Yeah. And now and, I don't and, bullshit. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> now people are like, I don't want to, I don't want to get in your way. Isn't that interesting though, that that's a question that I asked. Mm. I don't think I would have asked that question to a man. When was the first time you stood up for yourself? Yeah. But that's, that's a thought provoking question for us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And you're right. Those who have been bold from the beginning, we all have those, those female friends who don't take shit from anyone, never have, never will. And there you're, you're right. There's that desire to emulate that, that comes out in, um, less than beautiful feelings, judgment, jealousy, mm-hmm. but often I, you know, even as little girls, Oh, wow. She's bossy. You're being mm-hmm. bossy. I mean, when is it bossy and when is it standing up for yourself? <laughs> so whole nother discussion. It's so true. It's amazing what we're told as a kid that just like filters through and just your situations. Like mm-hmm. what was it that made us walk on eggshells? Like it could be a lot of things. Like it's a whole nother mm-hmm. conversation, but I think knowing what it was so you can name it, I think can be really powerful. Absolutely. You've already answered the the big question I asked a lot of my guests, which is who were you six, 10 years ago mm. and what bold decisions led you to where you are now? Were there more bold decisions that were within those bigger bubbles of past lives within this life? Um, that would like to be 
shared, acknowledged, honored? Yeah. I think what comes up for me is the bold decision to trust Mm -hmm. in like something bigger than myself. I think that's huge and like can encompass a lot. But one of the first examples of really doing that to me, first of all, I dealt with a lot of anxiety. I have since found out, I think it was coffee the whole time. Like no Mm. joke. It's not even like shaky anxiety. It gives me like dread. (laughs) It's Mm. wild. So I don't drink it anymore. So if that helps anyone, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But I remember being in college, I was married F, you know, for context. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was in graphic design and photography and there's no right or wrong answer to graphic design and photography. There's no like math problem you solve and you get an A it's all freaking opinion. And for me, it was very stressful because it's just open-ended. It depends Mm -hmm. if the professor likes you. It depends on the mood of the day, on their tastes, all of the above. And we had this situation for both photography and graphic design. I went to school in Montana where you had to pass a portfolio review after two years. So you have to pass this portfolio review. There are people who don't make it. Like, it's not just a joke, like they make it serious. So my anxiety every minute of every day was like, what if I'm working towards this thing and I fail? Like, what do I do? And it was just this impending doom. And every time I went out to do something fun with friends, I was like, I should be working on school. Like, you know, there's always this like overarching, I should be somewhere else doing something else that means I'm working harder, you know, the hustle truly. I actually had a conversation with my dad and he's very spiritual. And he was just like, if God has something in store for you, like change, you should be so excited, so excited because the change is going to be better than you could have ever imagined. Like, it's not bad. It's like that it's going to be greater than you could ever wrap your head around. So if that's bubbling up for you, you should be like stoked (laughs) with open eyes, ready to receive it. And so for the first time in my life, I really decided to trust that I was on a path that I was supposed to be on and that I would be led in a way that I was supposed to be led. And so if I didn't make it through graphic design or photography, cool, then there must be something else for me. And that was okay. And so that kind of bold decision to trust led into everything else. The bold decision to trust that I could move to New York city without a job or a plan and just make it work. And if I didn't, I'd go home. Or if I couldn't find, you know, a job within my career, I would waitress three jobs. I didn't care. Right. And to choose to end my marriage and trust that everything was going to be okay. Like that this was right. And trust that I needed to leave photography and trust that I needed to put out there that I was a coach and trust to move to Denver and all of these things and trust to be with my partner now. And that, I don't know if we're going to be together forever. I would love to be, 
I can't decide that <laughs> shit happens. Like you don't know what kind of life path is going to be thrown at you. So just knowing and trusting that right here, right now is where I'm supposed to be. And the next step is not up to me. All I can do is try to follow it the best way that I can. That is profoundly beautiful mm. and a message for me as well as I'm in a pivot myself. Mm -hmm. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Especially when you're, you're, you know, for me, a type A, you need to do, 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 and always have something going. People are like, oh, how's work? How's business? And you always feel like you have to have an answer, mm -hmm. right? Instead of saying, I'm letting it come to me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let me ask you this. The decision to step into trust, does the time it takes to reach that decision for you, has it gotten shorter and shorter? over time with the more that's a really good, really good question like how long is the limbo right because i feel <laughs> like the limbo is the most uncomfortable part of it all 100 yeah first of all short answer i would say it oscillates hmm. one of my mentors and coaches says new levels new devils right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like okay the time to trust myself that this person or this energy is not for me good to go, but there's something else that's bigger. That's like, yeah. Oh God, here we are again. <laughs> and I say this to my clients and friends and myself a lot, like the most uncomfortable place to be an annoying place to be, in my opinion, is a place where you're in a bad mindset and you don't bad. I don't want to like label mm -hmm. it as bad, a very sticky mindset. And you're having a lot of distrust in mm -hmm. the next steps, in your capabilities, mm -hmm. in, is this even going to work? People even listening, <laughs> am I on the right path? And knowing that you have to let it go, as they say, like, let go and let God, right? Like mm -hmm. you have to let it go because the minute you do, <laughs> some crazy thing happens and you're like, Oh, uh-huh. But until you let it go and change that mindset, you're stuck. Mm -hmm. And that's the most uncomfortable place to be knowing and being aware. All I need to fucking do is change my mindset, mm -hmm. but I can't cause I keep waking up and I'm upset and I'm scared and I'm anxious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it oscillates. Yeah. As we go along. That's a perfect answer. There's a lot of permission in that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you're absolutely right. I can resonate with the fact of saying, eh, that person I'd like to keep over there. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there's the, oh, like for me right now, I'll be totally honest. It's like, do I want to keep doing what I'm doing? Is this my life's work or am I being called for something greater? Which is also effing scary because I thought what I was doing was super scary. And now it's like, maybe you're being called to do something else. And then you're, you're like, well, how do I do that? Because I don't know what that something else is. And it's for another perfect example. I recently, and you know, this as well, I took a step back from business. I, you know, if somebody had approached me, they wanted to work with me, it was a good fit. Perfect. But otherwise I wanted to take time to really ask myself, why was I doing this? Mm. What parts 
of my business did I adopt blindly from others that actually didn't sit well with me um, and that sort of thing. And it's been a beautiful journey. And while having that pause, I found new passions in activism and learning where my stance is and certain things that are going on in the world enter in responsibility that I mentioned earlier, this profound sense of responsibility. But the point of this story is that when I took a pause, no sooner was I invited to be featured on a friend's app that's being featured during New York Fashion Week. Mm-hmm. And I was invited to be a guest speaker on a person I had just met, one of one of her programs in October about something that I actually do love that I haven't been speaking to sleep and sleep therapy and sleep medicine. So mm-hmm. I feel like for me, it, it, there's always that those moments of, oh yeah, I have to let go. Mm. Right. And sometimes it's, it takes longer than others. So I was just curious your, your perspective there. Mm-hmm. Letting go. <laughs> It's so hard, (laughs) but it's so real. It's like, I have like a qualm. I'm still learning, but a lot of manifestation theories and stuff, right. Mm. Of like, okay, let's even go to like five-year plans. Mm. Fuck the five-year plan. Like, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in five years. And if I... (laughs) try to make that up in my head, it is not as great or grand Mm -hmm. as it's going to be. So why am I working myself into like a box of Mm -hmm. like, this is what we're working towards. And it's Mm -hmm. like, no, like, what if we could just be open? Like, I don't know if I'm going to be a coach in five years. Yeah. I have certain desires and I think that can be manifestation. Like I desire to live abroad. I desire to be traveling the world. I desire to have a lot of money and be helping a lot of people. But yeah, I think it's interesting, like even letting go of that, like, especially for the type yeah. A people. Yeah. And and that's a question in most interviews. Where do you see yourself in five years? And mm-hmm. I've never answered that. I'm like, I don't freaking know. Yeah. I've changed. I mean, even before my, what I call my awakening or my self growth, the beginning of my self growth journey, I wasn't able to answer that question. I was like, I don't know. I probably won't be working here. I'm pretty sure I've said that before I changed so quickly, which is actually an asset because I'm going to take your company with me. I'm going to take your business with me, but I don't know where I'm going to be. Why are you fitting me again? It's almost like them, them asking you to put yourself in a box this is interesting because this is sort of coming to me while we're having this conversation. It's them asking you to put yourself in a box so that you, at least this is my perspective and where I've seen myself given, you're giving up your, you're, you're proving to them that you can give up your inner, inner authority. Mm-hmm. I could say that it's been my experience. Because those people that continue to come back into your life, repeating the same pattern, they're typically for me, supervisors or um, Mm -hmm. not so much relationships, but that sort of uh, authority figure that I place my inner authority with. Yeah. Inner authority. I love that. Yeah. That's my default is giving my inner authority away to somebody else, Mm -hmm. putting them on, not just putting them on a pedestal, 
but saying here, you know, better than, than me because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But that's, you know, something that I'm, I'm aware of and I am closing the timeline of how quickly I realize that I'm doing it. I'm curious to know what your, when you are in a state of not being aligned or living something that isn't true to you anymore or never was, what's the trigger for that? What uh, a feeling in your body? Mm. Is it some sort of self-talk? Are you connected to spirit in some way and receive a sign? What does it look like when you're like, oh, that's why. Okay. Mm. I'm being called back into trust again. Mm. Interesting. (laughs) I think for me, anxiety is definitely at play when I'm out of alignment. And it's like, you're like hitting this panic button of like, need to know now, like, oh my God, you know, we're running out of air in the oxygen tank. Like we need to know. (laughs) And it's like, no, actually like oxygen tanks. Good. It's always going to be there. You're going to have exactly how much you need. So just trust. And it's usually like, it tends to block a lot of things. Um, you know, I had probably the hardest month of my life in February of 2020 before I even knew the pandemic was happening. Not, I say hard, no one died, et cetera, but like mentally Mm -hmm. difficult for me. And um, I thought clients weren't coming in. I wasn't being booked as a photographer because I didn't have my website up. That's Mm -hmm. what I like kept pinning it to like, I don't have my website up. No wonder. And it was like, that's not it. (laughs) You can book clients all day long without a website. Mm -hmm. And so just those moments of like realizing that I'm clinging to something else, digging my claws into something and making things mean things they don't feeling and just knowing, just knowing that I need to change it up. I need to trust. And then this isn't working. Like I know that and just having a hard time with that. Um, yeah, but I, I don't, I wouldn't say, I guess it would be like a feeling in my body because anxiety Mm -hmm. like lives in my chest for me. Yeah, I can agree with that. I, let me see. What if I gave myself the same question? Yeah. Mine comes in frustration. When I'm trying to make a puzzle piece fit, we're in the wrong puzzle box. And usually it's the frustration needs to pile up. It's not, hey, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. Look at this. It's I'm I become overwhelmed, overburdened. Um, and I think that's in my human design. Frustration is definitely the key. And um, yeah, and I also feel it in my body. I have not yet figured out how to listen to those first few nudges coming from medicine. I'm all about preventing, Mm, yeah, (laughs) preventing disease and also preventing unnecessary discomfort. I mean, I'm all about 
being in discomfort, but I think a lot of it could be unnecessary and we're our own worst enemies. Have you found a, any modalities or tools to have that to practice that preventative yeah. measure? I don't even know what I'm asking. Yeah. hundred percent. I understand. Um, first of all, before I forget the puzzle piece analogy, so good. Like the fact that it's not even in the right box, <laughs> it's not even in the right box. It doesn't go anywhere. Oh and I, I think that's so <laughs> typical of type a personalities, right? It's like, well, I can do fucking anything. So yeah, of course I, I can make this it. work. I can make it work. <laughs> um, one of my meditation teachers and really good friends, Nicole wild did a meditation where she talked about how in comparison we are like looking at other people's test answers, but no mm-hmm. one has the same copy of the test. So like, even if we're, we can see the person's test answers clearly, it's not even the right version. Like mm-hmm. we're going to fail. Cause it's, it's not our test. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So that aside COVID blessings, I was a person without boundaries. I was a person who was hustling my freaking ass off. I was doing 11 shoots a week. I was going home to my family to visit in Montana and editing photos, literally like in the car with them. It was not a good situation. And people were like, Oh, you're so busy. It looks like you're doing great. And I'm like, ha, (laughs) old you, I am busy, but not healthy, burning out. Right. And that's part of my big why as a business coach is like, it doesn't have to look that way. And I've built two businesses that one was the hustle and one is spacious. And so big passion of mine, like we don't have to be starving artists and we don't have to be burning out. So when COVID hit, that was the first time I ever had boundaries and a schedule and like started sending calendar invites and like having things on my calendar that says like, it's 3 PM, go take a walk. It's 7 PM, shut your laptop. You know, these really strict things to make my life feel more spacious. And I will say like, as cliche as it sounds, I started meditating for the first time which I haven't actually done in a couple of weeks. And we like end up ebbing and flowing away from that. And then pretty soon you're in this stuck anxiety place and you're like, oh, I haven't like gone inward <laughs> in like weeks. What do you expect? So I would say meditation, having a routine, having really firm boundaries. And with all of that came a lot of ascension and during that ascension, a lot of people in my life fell away. And so, yeah, I think that was a big thing for me is just like routine. And like, now I have calibration Mondays. I don't do shit on Mondays. I don't have client calls, nothing. I have like a VA call and that I can move if I need to, and maybe like some admin work. And because of that, this weekend, I was able to say like, dad, I want to stay another day. I don't have anything going tomorrow because I'm my own boss and I got to choose. So I think those things really have supported me a lot to stay in that like aligned state. Mm. 
are these practices, things that you teach in your, in your business to those entrepreneurs? Oh my God. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'll teach you how to market on Instagram, but first we're going to make sure your business revolves around your life and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. You can't have your life revolving around your business. Right. Mm-hmm. Even down to my calls that I have with them. I'm like, I have boundaries. I don't want you doing these at 8 PM. I don't want you doing things on the weekend. I want you to like work and it be sustainable, charge enough. So you can not work on the weekends, Mm -hmm. work nights, be with your family, all of these things. Oh my God. Ask any one of my clients. They're like, Diana's the boundary queen and like time management and just making things easier for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you there. There was, oh gosh, probably like five months ago now. And I think I shared this with you. I realized that I had created my own garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't think I was using those words at that time, but this is something that I've noticed I've done again and again. This is a new pattern that I've, I've noticed, right. PA that's a garden of Eden. You can switch specialties. You get to have your own patient panel. You have autonomy, but not everything's your fault because somebody else takes the blame. Something bad happens because you have a supervising physician. You get good money. You don't have to go to med school for that long. That's a garden of Eden. You get there. You're like, nope, this sucks. Actually, I did this for all the wrong reasons. What's next for me? Okay. And now for me, coaching became the new garden of Eden, right? Mm-hmm. And I've gone through many different versions of coaching garden of Eden. And this latest one, I fell back into the burnout mm-hmm. because I, I, and again, maybe it was because I was adopting policies, but there was so much ever since having Ezzy, my time management is completely different. I can no longer do the things that I used to. And how do I now create a business that operates around us? And at one point I made an employee contract, the employee being my business and made new rules because I needed to have some sort of rules. I like rules, you know, high achiever right here. Um, But at some point that no longer felt resonant and then I ended up slipping back into burnout again. For me, if I were to say you need to have more boundaries, that feels like more constrictive mm-hmm. because I feel like as much as I love him, Ezra is the biggest, <laughs> biggest boundary, right? And, and biggest constraint. What, what advice do you have for the entrepreneurs that are mamas out there that are all of a sudden noticing that? what used to work for them no longer does. And, and having that, well, maybe, maybe coaching, maybe this business that I'm running is no longer meant to be what's what's, how do you coach somebody through that? Yeah. I have a lot of mamas and I have a lot of side hustlers that have full-time jobs, which Mm -hmm. is also, I think another big one. Um, A lot of mamas that are both side hustlers Mm -hmm. with full-time jobs and teachers at that, I end up attracting a lot of teachers. They're like literally in their classroom tuning into these calls and it's wild. And they're going through their own trauma right now yeah. with COVID stuff. One of the things I'll just use an example. One of the teachers who is a mom of two, who is a creativity coach and an artist on the side, we worked on simply cutting a night out for herself and nothing to do with business, 
but it's going to impact her business and Mm -hmm. her as a mom and her as a person being happier and more spacious and excited to show up. And it was as simple as what's a priority for you? Like what is something that keeps you high vibe is a good Mm -hmm. question. What keeps you high vibe for me? It's like cooking. I love to cook. I used to be a cooking class instructor telling you 10 lives, (laughs) but (laughs) cooking. And so it's like, okay, how do we make sure we are cooking every week? Mm -hmm. Same with this gal. Who's an artist, just painting to paint. That was her thing. Painting with the girls, painting without interruption from her kids, as much as she loves them. I know there's a lot of shame and guilt that comes with all of that. I can't even begin to imagine, but knowing that her taking this time to paint with the gals once a week, where do we carve it out? How do we create boundaries around this? Hey, husband, Hey partner, can you take the kids for this time? This is going to be a standing thing on the calendar every Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And we're just going to come and we have a container. We know the rules and the boundaries around our container. We're not going to sell our artwork that we create. We're not going to like chit chat, really. We're just going to like come be in the same room as women and paint, right? Mm-hmm. Or for me, scheduling in Thursday night, because I know it's the end of my week. Mm-hmm. Fridays are pretty chill. I can really think about it all week. I have time to go to the grocery store. That can be my cooking night. And it's like the stand-in thing that we look forward to, that we carve out space for. And it makes us a better mom, a better partner, a better business owner, a better friend. And this is like literally changed her life. (laughs) She gets like so excited about this art night and it's so simple. And I think we have to make it complicated. We always want to make it complicated as humans. And it's like, what's one thing that you want to be doing that you're not, that you're just like, I don't have time for that. I have this baby, you know, I'm a stay at home mom. And it's like, can someone take the baby for two hours? You know, someone Mm -hmm. like guarantee you have someone in your life, even a best friend, you know, that could take the baby for two hours and you have this intentional time and you create these boundaries around, maybe you don't have your phone on during this time. So you don't like, like me, when I get into bed, I'm like, I'm just going to check one thing. And then two hours later, it's like, fuck, I didn't even do what I wanted to do, but how can you create this intentional time for yourself and put that stuff in first and foremost, and then let the rest filter in. If you have a 15 minute break, cool. Work on your business for 15 minutes. If you, you know, want to do admin stuff on Mondays because you have a nanny, cool. Like put that in, but the stuff for you comes first. Always. It's like the pine cone and the rice. I use this analogy a lot, you know, in like grade school where you put a pine cone in a jar. Maybe you don't, we have a lot of pine cones. <laughs> I, was gonna say, um, I know a different version of this. I think. <laughs> you can share your version, but like you put the pine cone in the jar and you put rice around it and the rice filters in, right? Your pine cone is your me time the things that you need to function, the things that you need to feel like the human that you are. If you put the rice in first, the business and the being a mom and being a partner and all this stuff 
that isn't you, you don't fit anywhere. Can't fit the pine cone into the rice. (laughs) So many analogies. Yeah. On the East coast, we use the seashell. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) No, thank you for that reminder. It's interesting because I just had this conversation with my accountability buddy yesterday we always ask, how can I support you? How can I support you? And it's interesting. We we're both very much a mirror for each other in that we're like, well, I want to make sure I get this, this, and this done this week. Mm -hmm. Right. And we're even, I want to make sure I schedule in me time, but even that feels like super masculine. Right. And I, I said, you know, I really don't know what I need. I finally talked my way into saying, I actually don't know what I like. So hold me accountable to discovering that. Mm. Right. Yeah. That like re self discovery. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm a, I'm a whole new, whole new me, not just day to day, but since as he's been born, I'm a whole new me. Mm. Yeah. Right? With that ego death. Yeah. Yeah. And one part of ego dying and the next, another one resurfacing. I often joke that the moment he took his first breath, all the self-growth work I did just flew out the window and I was starting from scratch again. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, thank you for sharing that, that example. I'm, I'm strongly considering looking into taking some sort of art lessons. Mm, Get dirty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of my friends said she's doing wheel throwing and I'm like, I think that would be actually quite soothing. Like pottery. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, too. hundred percent. Wish we were in the same town. I know. (laughs) Anyone knows the place in Denver, let me know. No, I think it's so powerful. I even had this, I had a business intuitive call, um, very similar probably to the channeling that you do. And Mm -hmm she was talking about like, whoa, like you're pretty blocked from like the hips down, even though everything seems like it's going really well. Um, she's like, that can be sexual. It can be feminine. It can also be creative. And she was saying like, I just picture you literally in the mud, like rubbing mud all over your legs and just like getting one with nature, like really getting into it. And I think the pottery thing is so intriguing because it's like, you're using different senses. It's like, you're feeling and you can't pick up your phone, (laughs) you know, and it's just creating just to create. And it's so great. So maybe we hold each other spaciously accountable to, to finding, finding that for ourselves. Oh, that's so fun. I like that invitation. Mm. Yeah. Oof. How do you, you shared a little bit of this, but how, how do you notice when the the clients that you're supporting are falling back into burnout? What sorts Mm. of clues are, do you see? And, um, and how do you help them recognize those clues so they can self redirect next time it comes up? That's a great question. Um, (laughs) A really polarizing statement is that I think burnout is inevitable. That is not because there aren't ways to combat it and not burn out. But I think as humans, 
we don't listen to those cues and as a society maybe i should say for americans specifically i think burnout is inevitable because we have the comparison whether we like it or not whether we're so good at like avoiding it the social media the hustle the energy our millennial and gen z cultures being like we have to do 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 and have we have to have we want everything now i was talking to my dad who's a rancher and he was just like everyone wants everything now instead of like working up to it and can you have like quantum leaps and you know skip a lot of steps 100 but like that patience is so key and we don't really have that so i think burnout is going to happen in one shape or form but recognizing that being like oh getting burnt out like for me it's cold sores and like body aches literally i know that's like i've overdone it um for others i can tell when it's like bragging about not bragging like in a oh i'm so great but like going on social media and going like, haven't slept, slept four hours mm. last night. Like it's a good day, you know? And it's like, oof, we, we're just like kind of feeding this culture of that. That's a good thing. And it's not. Um, and a lot of times this happens when we first start out in our businesses or we pivot because we think I like <laughs> get the image of like running in milk until it's butter, right? Mm -hmm. We're just like, oh my God, we have to make the rent. We have to do the things. We have to support the family. So we're, we can't stop. We think we can't take a minute. We can't take art night. We can't take a cooking night. And it's like so far from the truth. <sighs> so I think burnout manifests in everyone differently. I think it is inevitable. I think it's going to happen to people at least once or twice in their career and life. Like even burnout, just like as a mom, holy cow, like you're not getting enough sleep. You're pumping and nursing 24 seven. Like it's just inevitable. But what are the ways we can like preventative care? Like you're saying, have these things in place. So we have the best chance to not burn out. And I don't know if that like really answered your question or not. It does. Okay. Absolutely. Everybody's different. I I need to ask myself what that looks like. I mean, I know it's that frustration, but man, I'd love to just close the gap a little bit more on the time it takes to get to that realization. Right. Yeah. Rather than be like, uh, I need just to watch Netflix and yeah. not do anything. Um, oh, so amazing. I don't know if this is helpful or not, but one of the most profound things when I was searching, searching, searching kind of in that running milk into mm -hmm. butter situation in February of 2020. And my whole thing was I've been winging it for three years. Mm -hmm. I need structure. I apparently need to have quarterly goals and Excel spreadsheets and like systems and all these things, right. Which can be great but also are very 
just like you were saying earlier, it's like, people are like, how's business? And you're like, I'm just letting it come to me. Mm. And we feel guilty and like shameful for that answer. And when I met with this business coach, life coach person, he's like, why are you here? I was like, I'm tired of winging it. He's like, okay, cool. So you have a six figure business and you're winging it. That's pretty beautiful. Why would you want to change that? And I was like, well, because everyone says I should like truly, like everyone says I should Mm -hmm. people freak out when I'm just like, yeah, I don't know how many shoots I'm going to do this month. I just let it come. Like that's when things are the best. And they're like, what? Like, you don't even know how much you're going to like try to make this month. I was like, no, I don't like, I'm going to let it come. And so I got so much feedback from that, that I was like trying to change it. And he was like, I just picture like this literally bird on the heat waves, riding it and winging it. And he's like, that was the first time I'd really heard of like feminine energy versus masculine. And he's like, you have that and you're embodying it. Like give yourself the permission to embody it. And I think burnout comes a lot of times who, when we like masculine our way, you know, it's like the riverbed is the masculine and the feminine is the river. And you have to have the masculine to let the feminine flow. However, if we're just in our masculine all the time and like fucking picking up boulders and making a dam, (laughs) we're going to be burnt out. So how do you get more in your feminine? I think would be the distilled answer to burnout. Like how can we get there more and more often? Right. And, and I think even, even more so is how can you give yourself the, the permission to do what you want, what feel to do, what feels good. Right. Yeah. There's, I don't know if I've shared the story on the podcast yet, but it's worth saying it again. If I haven't, I went to a retreat in Sedona, June of 2019, Mm. all women, except for one very conscious man. And I give him credit for being with us for the whole week. And he is just the sweetest man I've ever met. Very shy. Of course he opened up and became this beautiful version of himself by the end. But anyways, we were all um, challenged to lead the group in some way throughout the throughout the week, and he was like, "Okay." And we were all some of us were in the hot tub and some of us were in the pool. And he goes, "Okay, everybody, I'm gonna, I'm going to do my challenge now." And so he's like, "Listen up!" And so we're listening to him. He goes, "Everybody, get in the hot tub." So <laughs> we all get in the hot tub, and he's like, "You could tell he's nervous about leading the group." And he goes, "Okay, now." Um, well, you know, uh, just feel good. <laughs> that was his challenge. <laughs> and it's like, it really comes down to that. Just yeah. give yourself permission to feel good. No guilt, no judgment, no comparison. None of that. Just feeling good going to a pottery class. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. How how does this and this narrative fit into your unique magic? Mm. What is your unique magic? Lately, this has been coming up because I just launched and um, started my 
new mastermind, which was fucking stretchy. It was stretchy to do a new program after a year to birth something, to look at the calendar and be like, oh my God, I don't have enough time. Nope. Let's push it to 2022. And then it's like, oh, actually it wants to come today. Right. Um, and I had a gal who is burning out fully. She's my client and she is burning out. She has the tools. We don't always use them. Right. Mm -hmm. We have to be like guided kind of prodigal son style. Mm -hmm. And, uh, she was in camp clarity, my very, very first round. And she'd been looking for a coach again, like toying around with different people. And I went live. First of all, there's a lesson in here. I went live and five people were on like the most at one time. And I was like, I am talking to the abyss, but it's fine. Like whoever will need to hear it. Hopefully we'll hear it. And she responded and was like, I just watched your live. When I listen to you, you remind me of my power. And I have never had anyone believe in me like you do. And it was like so emotional and so beautiful. And she was just like, where do I sign up? Like, I don't even know what the program is. Let's just go. I need you need to be in in your energy. So I think there's always like a secret sauce and a lot of magic that we all have. But what I'm hearing lately is that I fucking believe in you. (laughs) I believe your gifts are so worth putting out into the world that if you don't want your gifts to be a hobby, they don't have to be that you deserve to be compensated for them, that the world needs people like us who have these heart-centered gifts. And the problem a lot of times is that when we have a heart-centered gift, we basically want to pay someone to take it from us. We're like, please, I'll pay you if you let me do photography for you. And it's like, Mm. no, (laughs) because it feels, it's a whole reframe of like putting a price on your heart like something you love. It's, it's hard. That's sticky. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's just like believing in you, believing your gifts are worthy. Like I truly, truly believe that for my people. And it's like, we're here to let you live that dream. Mm. Yeah. Your magic is also very much needed in this world. Mm, Thank you. Speaking of What's the highest vision you have, not only for yourself, but also for the world at large, for this planet? Mm. Oh, just like you were saying earlier, it seems so daunting. (laughs) Uh, um, Distilled down, I would say my highest vision would... (laughs) would be for people to feel good. Like your friend said, you know, like for people to just feel good and to like be doing what they love and truly not having to compensate for anything to just be like, be at their truest form always and know and have the confidence that that's like, that's what we need the evil people can, you know, change their ways and not be in their truest form. Maybe I think we just all have so much to give. And it's one of those things where I look at my friends who are nurses or 
whatever. And I'm like, I couldn't do what you're doing. Like I'd see blood and I'd just be like, Oh my God, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and they're thriving in that. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it is very apparent to me that we all have something special to give to the world, Mm -hmm. whether it's literally stitching someone else up in an ER (laughs) or making pottery and like making functional art. And if we all just stepped into our power and stopped listening to the societal bullshit of what life has to look like, maybe you're okay living in a shack in the woods. Mm-hmm. Maybe you want a multi-million dollar mansion, like truly want it, not because society tells you so. And I think things would even out. Yeah. Yep. We share the same vision. I think a lot of the world's problems can be solved if we could be safe in being ourselves and live lives in which we flourish. And mm, I don't want to say thrive, flourish and thrive, but are financially compensated for our God-given gifts. I mean, it's written right behind me. Yeah. So I'm with you there and you're doing it. Mm. You're adding to that that vision. You're building it every single day. Thank you. So we really touched upon some very philosophical and deep things because that's what we do on this podcast. I love it. <laughs> what what do you have going on that you're really excited about? That you're you're. I mean, you just talked talked about ascent being birthed out in the open. What's coming up for you that people can tap into? How how can people be in your energy even more? Mm. Instagram's where I'm at. It's where I live. I am so open on there. Um, probably be talking about the whole divorce situation soon, which I never thought I would. And yeah, that's a place where you can really, really get to know me. I'm just a voice memo away. I love voice memos. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I send them all the time. And some people are like, Oh my God, I've never even gotten a voice memo. I'm like, really? I just love them. Mm -hmm. Um, Instagram is a really good place to connect with me. It's Diana Davis creative. And then I do a lot of free trainings and things and share my thoughts and go on my soapbox and, (laughs) you know, give tips and tricks. Um, but camp clarity is coming up and that's in September, um, September 16th. And then that's going to be kind of this cyclical seasonal thing, this ascend mastermind and camp clarity, um, which I'm excited to just keep relaunching. And it's just, you know, sometimes we just need to shake things up and create something just to create something. Mm -hmm. And ascend was that for me, it was like, let's create this thing because I think one-on-one coaching with group is just like phenomenal. And let's just see what happens. (laughs) And if (laughs) no one signs up, like, cool, you know? So it's been really a, a good leap of faith. And I think we we really have to keep taking those leaps of faith or we're going to get bored, like, yeah. you know, and we're not going to develop and grow. So yeah. Ezra is such a powerful example of that. I mean, I think if I watch him and he's like, yeah, I'm going to see if I can climb on this table. If I can't, all right, I'll try something else. Like he's not deterred by trying new things. In fact, his whole life revolves around trying new things currently. Yeah. I 
have this silent conversation with him where I, I thank him for being my best teacher. And, and yeah, he's not looking around at other kids being like, well, they climbed that better than me. He uh, just, he just climbs the step and he goes for what he wants, even if he can't have it. So awesome. Who is Camp Clarity for and mm. who is Ascend for? Yeah. Um, digging into it. So I coach creative entrepreneurs. I want to, you know, say that a creative entrepreneur can be anyone with a heart centered gift. Like if you are a real estate agent that loves to help people find their dream homes, like you are a creative entrepreneur. I've coached Reiki healers, yogis, photographers, designers, ceramicists, all sorts of different people. So I think some people go, well, am I a creative entrepreneur? And it's like, probably like if you're asking that absolutely if you have a heart-centered gift that you are creating a business out of 100 um so camp clarity and ascend are both for creative entrepreneurs camp clarity is more a place to really dig in to the foundations of business doesn't matter if you've been in business for six years or you're just starting your side hustle this is a place to create it from the ground up before we build this skyscraper, like this amazing foundation. And a lot of times like me, three years into business success, quote unquote, we actually need to shake that shit down and rebuild a little bit Mm -hmm. and implement the boundaries and build your confidence and start realizing and reevaluating why the hell you're doing what you're doing in the first place. And then how do we tell the world that? So the pillars of Camp Clarity are confidence, cash, and clients. So we go through all the things. Ascend is for, I really want to reframe levels, like higher level, like screw that because you're over here in space and someone's over here and it doesn't mean it's a ladder. Mm-hmm. Like we're in a three-dimensional space here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure maybe, you know, you can help me with that, but you know, they're a little bit further out. They're like mm-hmm. on Jupiter and not Mars. Right. But mm-hmm. they're like all in different spots. Yeah. So higher level for lack of a better term entrepreneur who is already getting clients already killing it. I'm using air quotes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, and wants to scale wants to take those quantum leaps, is ready to create the next thing, is ready to maybe start outsourcing, is ready to get in front of new audiences, is killing it, making a living, getting clients, Mm -hmm. but also like, what do I do next? How do I push it even further? So that's Ascend. And it's a mastermind hybrid with Mm one-on-one coaching as well. Perfect. Thank you for asking. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Well, I mean, listen, for somebody who brings a magnifying glass to the gifts of others, Mm. I wanted to do the same for you. Thank you. And people need to know what you have to offer because you're just so amazing. And if anybody resonates with you, what a perfect place to land, perfect places to land. So yeah. Uh, Diana, this has been such a great conversation. There's so many levels to it and it's been extremely valuable. I think, I think this has been healing for me 
Mm. And it's something that I'm going to continue to process and integrate within the weeks to come. So thank you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for holding this space. Bolden.